welcome to this edition of On Tap, presented by FCSI The Americas. I'm Wade Kaler, Executive Director. On Tap this week, I have the pleasure of interviewing someone I've been looking forward to meeting for a long time, so I'm just going to jump right into the interview. Please welcome the Chief Operating Officer of Cunahan & Associates, Ms. Melissa Cunahan. Hi, Melissa. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, you guys are... We were supposed to be in our conference in Austin last year for COVID. Uh, looking forward to being in your backyard. Um, I was looking forward to actually meeting you at Austin and didn't get that chance. So here we are a year and a half, almost two years later, and I still haven't met you. Um, so I'm really glad to have this one-on-one conversation finally. Um, Me too. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that y'all can actually get a conference back here in Austin, Texas. Currently 2024. Oh, I'm so excited. We'll be back. So... Same hotel, uh, everything, uh, at least we hope so. So good, definitely. Good. So tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get your start? What are uh, some of the things that maybe you focus in on with the firm uh, compared to some other people inside the firm? Yeah, so like so many people, um, I came to this in sort of a uh, different manner, right? Um, not traditional at all. My family's background um, is in the food service business, but... I went away from it completely. Um, I was a school teacher for quite some time. I was a school teacher for 12 years. Then I worked for uh, Hope Mifflin Harcourt as their vice president of product development and uh, marketing for all okay. of their um, literature and social studies product. So I did, I did that for um, 11 years. And then I came back to um the family business and so yeah. i've been in and out of it yeah uh, multiple times and uh <laughs> it's like you never leave it's like they suck you back in right so we have had it in you know we've been in business for so long now yeah. and uh, mom and dad have been very successful in having this business across well since 1984 wow. and so i'm nice. i am um it is a pleasure now to be the person to take it into the the next generation. So what with a food service consulting firm, uh, I'm always curious what chief operating officer means. So what for you guys with <laughs> Cunahan Associates, what does that mean? That means every day you get a different job. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it could be that, uh, you know, well, I do. I do uh, have multiple hats. I will yeah. tell you that. Uh, but uh, really, run um, run the business. Uh, okay. Make sure it make sure it uh, is successful across yeah. the board. Uh, put the financial controls into place. Uh, look for new opportunities for us. Uh, be the spokesperson for the business. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, you know, I. I do. I do like to do the design. I design work and okay. things like that, and consulting too. So, you know, like I said, you it depends on the day, uh, yeah, yeah. and that's part of what I really enjoy yeah. is that every day is a different day. There's something new and different and exciting yeah. every day. So you taught for many years. You said so. Uh, I didn't catch it there. What was it that you actually taught? Was a a specific topic or grade yeah I, I taught history okay uh, so I taught um, mostly um, well 
American history, world history, and government economics. Wow. So mostly high school. Okay. And then um, I coached uh, volleyball and track. Wow. You, you stayed busy with that too then. Absolutely. Very good. It is funny though how so many people, even myself, I left the food service industry for a while. And even though I'm not directly involved in it, I kind of am because of FCSI again. But it is funny how many people I talk to in the industry have tried to leave it at some point or another and end up getting sucked back into it. Um, It's either usually through a friend or family or they just miss it. Um, In your area, it looks like it was probably all three. So you Mm -hmm. really are stuck now. You're not going anywhere, I believe. Um, So tell us a little bit about Cunahan Associates. What do you guys focus in on? Is there a a segment or a specialty that you do mostly of? Are you kind of into every segment of the industry or or where where do you go or what's your uh, niche? Well, we started out, um, I think, predominantly in more of a consultation role in the the early part of, um, you know, the, the 80s, 90s. And we really developed more into a a food service design firm. Okay. I would say probably 80% of our business now is food service design versus mm-hmm. food service consulting, like operations side. So <clears throat> that's really our, our predominant focus. And and I, I would say we tend to do all types of business. It doesn't matter okay. all from a design perspective, if it's a small or a large, whether it's a new build or a renovation. Uh, one of the things I would say is we like those we like those customers who are um, different. I mean, yeah. who have something that unique uh, a unique opportunity. We are not a, a firm who takes on well. We have taken on chain operations and done that yeah. kind of thing. That's not our that's not our bailiwick, right? That's yeah. not something that we're real. Um, <clears throat> it's not. We don't like cookie cutter. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the way to put it, right? Yeah. We like we like the new, the different, the challenge, and so uh, we go after those projects that are uh, that are going to provide that to us and that are interesting. Yeah. That's not to say that we don't go after the little mom and pop ones too, because but I mean that's where we started, um, yeah. and but now we have also the opportunity to go after really large product, uh, you know, really large clients too. So, nice. is there a particular one in the last few years that you've got that you've that you're really proud of? Uh, I would say Oracle. Uh, I, I, you know, we we uh, we're showcased with that okay. one this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it is a absolutely phenomenal project that we worked on. Nice. But we've had several um, across the different, um, you know, uh, different projects across the years that. I just I really think are exceptional and we've done a lot of different uh, college projects that I think have stand the test of time you know and that's one of the things you look at is when you go in and you do a project and you come back a couple of years later does it still look like it's supposed to look yeah does it still function yeah. like it's supposed to function are the yeah. people happy with the design that you've come up with right yeah the function certainly you know, everybody has the one think they the one way they think they want to open it up, but is it still operating the same way two years into the, into full operations? Absolutely. What's uh, what's or who has been the greatest influence on your life so far? 
Gosh, that's a hard question. Well, it's actually an easy question. Uh, I would say my parents are by far my chief um, inspiration, both my mom and my dad. They've, they've been <clears throat> the drivers for uh, just a, a role model of nice. what hard work is supposed to look like. Yeah. And what what professionalism looks like. Yeah. Um, and and really, they have the two different. Uh, they have really two different perspectives. My mother is um, very much a uh, a listener, and she um, kind of comes at it from a, a. She's you know she thinks about things and is when she's ready to say something, what she says is like uber important and you better be listening and it's you know it's going to be super impactful um and then my dad he is that fast talker straight shooter uh straight to the point and so you get the two perspectives together and i think um i've been blessed and i think as both as my siblings have also been blessed have both perspectives and i think that is a, a great uh has has been a great role model for me nice What's one piece of advice you give anybody that's thinking of becoming a food service consultant? Don't get frustrated <laughs> with clients. Uh, you know, they're going to change their mind. You're going to be uh, challenged to, um, they're going to change their mind and you're going to need to listen. And you need to listen more than you talk. And you need to try to not put your bias of what you think it should be uh, into the design. I think that happens a lot. I think that um, sometimes we think we know better than what the client does. And sometimes you have to let the client come to the realization that, um, you know, you, you kind of have to feed them little bits along the way to, to let them come to the way that you're thinking. Yeah. And so it just, it takes time. That's great advice. I, I completely agree. Listen, 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 yeah. and be adaptable. I, you're, you're exactly right. right. It's, it's, a, it's one of the hard, even as an association executive with clients, it's the hard times where you've got to put yourself aside and go, what's a client really want versus what I think is best? Because I'm not a member of that association. It's, you know, with FCSI, I do that probably on a weekly basis. It's not my association. It's theirs. I'm just the guy that's fortunate enough to be running it. So, um, and I'm not a food service consultant, nor will I ever be. So I don't, uh, while I understand everything you all do, I have no desire to do what you all do. So I don't think I could do it. Yeah. But, but being chief operating officer, again, you know, I also do know with food service consulting firms, they're they're a hard operation to run. There's a lot of ups and downs and ebbs and flows of too many projects, too few of projects, just the right amount. What's one piece of advice you would give firms when it comes to operating a consulting business? Whew, that one's hard. Um, I think balance is really important. And I have this giant spreadsheet uh, where we spread out all of our projects and phase them uh, across across time. And so I use that to sort of show us where things kind of flow and where, where we're going to 
schedule out and it doesn't it's not perfect by any yeah. means but uh you can have too many projects at one time i feel like right now we're we're busting at the seams right yeah. uh, and and i and so in those times when i feel like we are just taxed it's have uh have assets at hand that you can go and pull from right so yeah. Uh, if you've got the opportunity to have a pool of assets, whether it be contract assets or, or some other assets that you can pull from to go relieve a little stress on your people, do that. The other side of that, too, is um, reward those that you work with. You know, I think that's an important thing. We want to make sure that um, we give our folks enough time. Um, to recuperate yes. and and then the last thing is push back on the client uh, yeah. it, it, there is nobody that says uh, this has we're not doing brain surgery here I mean yeah. honestly you can say you can't have this tomorrow it's just not possible yeah and uh, we live in a world that everybody wants things tomorrow yeah. and it just can't happen every day like yeah. that. Right now, the food service industry, as we've come out or coming out of COVID, uh, we're still not out of it yet, but we're having a hard time. It seems like this is a nationwide and global problem, but we're having a hard time hiring and retaining employees in restaurants. Um, you know, in your past, you've been a personnel trainer. I know that's one of your backgrounds as well. What are a few of the mistakes that restaurants are making right now? And, and what would you recommend they do to correct that? when it comes to hiring and firing and personnel? I think we have an issue overall right now in just getting people back to work, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, that number one is uh, kind of a global issue yeah. across the board. And I don't know if it's, if it's just systemic to the restaurant industry overall. Yeah. I, think it, I, think it's, I think it's everywhere. Yeah. From a restaurant industry perspective, I think that um, part of the issue is training training folks to be more customer centric. You know, when fo when when a customer comes in, they're looking to be served. And so the first thing, what, and I'll give you an example of this. Um, this Starbucks does a great job, and I'm not trying to single them out. Uh, but one of their one of the things that they do and do very very well is from a training perspective, they are really customer focused, and part of their impetus is really around relationship with the client. And beyond anything, whether they're going to have the product that you want or not, they're going to build a relationship with you at the window, right? Or, or at the point of sale, and I think that is a is a is a big plus for them because that relationship mm -hmm. um, that that ends up being something that if it's positive wins you points yeah. if you screw up in the end, right? Mm -hmm. So so and I think that uh, if we can figure out a way to implement some sort of positive training in other, in other restaurant uh, 
situations, you know, other restaurateurs mm -hmm. can do that in a more of a widespread kind of way um, that that can help. Yeah. Um, because I think that, you know, people, people kind of are coming into a, coming back to restaurants being kind of frustrated because yeah. there's not enough staff, right? right. Yeah. There's not enough people to do the job. There's not enough whatever, right? And people are going to have to wait. Yeah. They're going to be upset. It's going to take time. And so they're already in a situation where it's going to be strained. Yeah. And I think if, if they come to it with somebody who has grace, who's, who's nice to them, it's going to just smooth their little feathers out a little bit. Yeah. And they're going to, they're going to feel like a, they're going to feel like they're treated better. Yeah. And when you feel like you're treated better, then you kind of, you're like, you're yeah. going to sit back and you're going to say, okay, I can deal with this for 15 more minutes. I agree. And I think that when you've got somebody like that, that's actually working, if somebody is really fired up about having to wait too long or something like that, you can almost feel within the other people around them in line that they'll have, they almost immediately have empathy for the employee who's trying to do their best instead of having an, you know, if the employee doesn't have the attitude that they're overwhelmed and everything, if they're really trying to create that relationship, if it doesn't diffuse it, I've seen people actually nowadays say something like another customer oh, yeah. say something because they realize a lot of us realize that the employees that are you can tell when somebody's really enjoying what they do and trying to do their best um so I, I i like that idea i like to see the employees that are trying to do it but i also see the ugly side of it right now the wait times are longer people are out of more things and i think as a public we need to be a little bit more patient as well with our the employees especially the younger ones the high schoolers that are you know, they're just getting in their first couple jobs and they're getting beat up in the fast yeah. food or quick serve industry right now. And so it, patience is another one on both sides, the employee and the uh, customer side. Yeah. And I do think, uh, you know, as a follow on to that, I think it's really important that um, we train our managers to be good, um, you know, good trainers of employees. Yeah. Right. So. It's a, you know, it kind of is a trickle down effect. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> if your if your manager really starts off in a positive manner and is teaching yeah. them the best practices, then it's going to have that ripple down effect to them that they're yeah. going to be confident, they're going to be patient, right. they're going to want to service that customer. Well, Melissa, that's all the questions I've got for you on the formal side today. But before I get going, okay. I do like to go through some fun questions as we have in past seasons. So I've got a few would-you-rather questions that we'll dive into here. Um, the first one is, would you rather have the ability to read minds or the ability to move things with your mind? I think I'd rather have the ability to read minds. Would you rather be forced to sing along or forced to dance with every single song you hear? Oh, sing along. I sing along in the car all the time. <laughs> Would you rather be chronically underdressed or overdressed? Overdressed all the time. Would you rather have <laughs> universal respect or unlimited power? A universal respect. Would you rather never be able to go out during the day or never be able to go out during the night? Never go out during the night? I don't know about that one. Okay. Would you rather lounge by the pool or lounge by the beach? Lounge by the beach. Would you rather wear the same socks for a month or the same underwear for a week? 
Gross. Both of them are horrible. Uh, the same socks. Would you rather spend a week in the forest or a night in a haunted house? A night in a haunted house. Would you rather get a paper cut every time you turn a page or bite your tongue every time you eat? Oh, God. That's horrible, too. Maybe the paper cut. Okay. Would you rather have skin that changes colors based on your emotions or tattoos that appear all over your body showing what you did yesterday? <laughs> I think I probably already have the, the skin that changes color, so I'll go that direction. <laughs> okay. Would you rather be beautiful and stupid or unattractive and a genius? Probably unattractive and a genius. Would you rather only eat pizza for a year or not be able to eat any pizza for five years? I would rather not eat the pizza for five years. Would you rather give up cursing forever or give up desserts for five years? Oh, good Lord. That would be really hard for me to do, but I guess I would give up the dessert. And finally, would you rather go backstage with your favorite band or be an extra on your favorite TV show? I would go backstage with my favorite band. Well, that's all I've got for you today. But uh, how can people find out more information about you and the firm, Melissa? We would love for you to come visit our website, com, or visit us on LinkedIn. Well, that wraps up this edition of On Tap presented by FCSI of the Americas. A huge thank you to Melissa for joining us today. We can't do this show without members like you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts and to turn on those notifications so you don't miss out on any future episodes. But until then, cheers. Cheers.